Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And welcome, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. Hope you are well. Another podcast, another real interesting topic, a newsmaker. We're talking coronavirus. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I think you have. And by the way, can we just say uh, regarding the coronavirus for Gen Zers, and look, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but this is not a virus that has anything to do with the Corona beer. Okay. So can we get that out of the way? Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Once again, our Gen Z alert uh, here at the Pod's Honest truth. Uh, Look, the coronavirus, obviously serious situation here. Uh, 92,000 cases, at least as as we record this podcast uh, in the entire world, over 3,000 deaths, nine deaths in America, once again, as we record this, and that is expected, obviously, to go up. And, you know, to give you a comparison, though, the Spanish flu of 1918 actually infected upwards of 500 million people. It killed more than 50 million people. So, uh, look, this is a, uh, this is a huge deal, obviously not, not, we don't think it's going to get to Spanish flu levels, obviously, uh, but we're going to discuss all of that today on the podcast and who are we going to discuss it with Steve Bannon? Uh, that's right. Steve Bannon, uh, who will, uh, be on the podcast. This is, uh, in a way, kind of part two of the interview. We, we did the Steve Bannon part one earlier with, uh, Bernie Sanders, but this time, uh, part two. And, you know, Steve Bannon's got some questions. First of all, where did this virus come from exactly? Now, the Chinese authorities say the outbreak began in a market in Wuhan, you know, a wet market. You'll hear that term a lot where wild animals are sold. Uh, but there really hasn't been any official declaration of this site in Wuhan is the origin of the epidemic. We don't know for sure yet. And so Steve Bannon has a theory. He doesn't trust the Chinese. He's not the only one, by the way. Uh, regarding uh, a distrust of the Chinese government. He actually, in our last podcast, called them a bunch of gangsters. So did the coronavirus, in in essence, actually come out of this P4 lab in Wuhan instead? Now, that P4 lab, obviously a top protection lab. In other words, uh, P4, as it relates to the levels there, this is, you know, kind of a uh, the most protection you can get in a lab that's one of these bio uh, safety labs. So that that's really the question. So are the Chinese covering something up? And some say it's fringe and some say it's conspiracy theory. But Bannon says, hold on. Even others, including U.S. Senator Tom Cotton, say, wait a minute. You know, the Chinese are playing games here. Too many secrets, too many unanswered questions. And we're going to get into all of that in the podcast. Also on the podcast today, Mike Pence, prayer and the coronavirus. Now, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, this photo has gone viral, if you will. 
uh, Mike Pence praying with uh, the task force, the coronavirus task force. Uh, and then, of course, Twitter, as you might imagine, went bonkers. Mike Pence praying, oh, you can imagine. So um, it, it, they were none too happy that they thought that Mike Pence was, in essence, praying the coronavirus away, and they made, made fun of him. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, and we we also provide some context today on the podcast about when it comes when it comes to praying and leading our country. We go back in history and take a look at what other presidents have done in some uh, serious uh, situations that faced our nation. You're also going to hear a little bit of my interview with Mike Pence, where he talks actually about how uh, there's praying going on all the time in the White House. Uh, okay, look, I'm not saying laying on hands. I'm not talking tambourines. I'm not talking Pentecostal stuff. Uh, but uh, there is praying going on in the White House. Now, I did that interview in May of uh, 2018 with him, and we will hear some of that on the podcast today. So uh, a podcast devoted to the coronavirus, I like to call it kind of prayer, the coronavirus, and is it a conspiracy theory or not? Steve Bannon weighs in on that, and he's got some great information that you should consider, and then you can make the decision for yourself. So once again, we are justthenews.com. Uh, I feel like repeating it. I don't know. It's like a weatherman. Justthenews.com. That's right. Justthenews.com. Um, and this podcast is all part of that. John Solomon Reports, another podcast on, that's right, justthenews.com. Cheryl Atkinson on justthenews.com. And you can subscribe to my podcast, The Pod's Honest Truth, uh, or download it, subscribe, all that on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you do all of that. Please give me a good rating. Once again, I want, I want to be very clear. I'm at a 5.0 rating now. If I don't get, if I go, if I slip to 4.9, 4.8, then I'm into therapy. Uh, and then at that point, well, there's a couple issues. One, uh, financially, who's going to pay that bill? I mean, I guess I'm going to have to pay it, but I'm going to have to somehow expense that somehow. Uh, I don't know if I can expense it at justthenews.com, but I, I've got to figure out a way to pay for that bill. So don't don't ha I don't want that problem. So if you could just give me a five-star rating. Look, how do I say this? I'm a Christian, but I don't care if you lie. No, I do care if you lie. No, give no, seriously, give me a rating. Uh, hopefully it's a 5.0. And, and we'll go from there. You're, it's anonymous, so I don't know you. You don't know me. It's not like I'm going to track you down. It's not like all of that. All right. Uh, when we come back, Mike Pence, prayer and the coronavirus. Back in a moment. And welcome back to the Pod's Honest Truth. All right. Coronavirus and prayer, specifically Mike Pence. Photo has gone viral uh, around the country. Well, I guess that was that's what viral would mean. Uh, anyhow, uh, this photo shows Mike Pence praying with this special task force, this coronavirus task force. And look, he's just praying with these folks at the beginning of the meeting. Uh, we in evangelical world call that no big deal. But apparently on Twitter, uh, it is a big deal. Uh, there was a writer for New York Magazine and, and Harper's Magazine, uh, Thomas Chatterin. Uh, his tweet, this tweet that I'm about to read you actually uh, attracted over 5,000 retweets, and it's helped start kind of a debate on Twitter. And here's what he said. He, he had the photo up, and then he said this on Twitter. Mike Pence and his coronavirus emergency team praying for a solution. We are so screwed. Nice. Thanks, Thomas. Uh, and, and how about um, White House, or I should say White House, Playboy White House correspondent, that's what he calls himself, uh, and CNN political analyst Brian Karam wrote this about uh, not just that photo, but uh, a few other things as well. But here's what he said. He said, quote, clear that the vice president and Donald Trump are in over their heads, the president literally praying for a miracle to make coronavirus go away. So once again, uh, 
I want to be very clear. He's not praying about making the coronavirus go away. I mean, can we give give me a break? It, it, look, people pray, and in this case, specifically, Mike Pence and others are praying for the Lord's direction on this, that we as humans cannot handle certain things. Matter of fact, we can't handle anything. And we look to God, to a higher power. So give me a break, Brian Karam. And then there's uh, the, this novelist, never heard of him because <laughs> I don't really read books, but that's a separate issue. A novelist, Irvine Welsh, said this on Twitter. Look at these utterly useless blanks. I won't say the word. Praying for the coronavirus to go away. And once again, w w can people stop saying this is the coronavirus and, and uh, you know, praying for it to go away? Look, prayer is an act of surrender. That means we don't have the answer, folks, to all of life's questions. We need God's guidance. So once again, Mike Pence is praying to God for wisdom. Is that such a horrible thing? Uh, regarding, obviously, what the government should do to combat the coronavirus. Now, I had an, I did an interview with Mike Pence. I've done quite a few with him as, as vice president. I think I've done five, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to check that with um, hmm, myself uh, later. So I'll ask myself that question later. But one of the interviews was in May of 2018, and I specifically asked Mike Pence about word on the street. I love using that term. Word on the street is that there's some praying going on inside the White House, and this is his answer. There's prayer going on on a regular basis in this White House. And uh, it's one of the most meaningful things to me is uh, whether, the, whether, uh, whether it's public meetings or not. I've, I've lost count of the number of times that the president's nudged me or nudged another member of the cabinet and said, let's start this meeting with prayer. Uh, he's, he's someone who really believes in the power of prayer and in the importance of faith mm -hmm. in American life. You saw that in high relief at the White House today, but it's not just on the National Day of Prayer. That is Mike Pence with me uh, back from May 2018 talking about prayer inside uh, the White House. And, and it's true. Uh, I know all about it. I wrote a book, Ding, 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 Faith of Donald Trump, my, me and my co-author Scott Lamb. So check it out, Amazon.com. Please do that. Uh, by the way, there's a great article, and I wanted to bring this up as it relates to uh, presidents and prayer. As a matter of fact, that's the name of the article uh, in the Boston Globe back from 1994. It's actually called Presidents in Prayer, um, and it talks about the fact that past presidents have done this. Uh, administrations have done this. They've actually prayed in times of uh, national crisis. Uh, the article talks about Bill Clinton in, 19, in the 1990s uh, during the Haiti crisis, that he was going to give a big speech to the nation about potential military intervention. A speechwriter was drafting something for him, and then Bill Clinton didn't feel right about this line. Listen to this line. I assure you that no president makes decisions like this one without deep thought. And Clinton's going, hmm, speechwriter, that's nice, but it's missing something specifically and wonder what that was. And then he was thinking about it, and then he realized, oh, wait, I know. And he, and he scribbled a couple words at the end, and this is how it finally read. Here's what it said. I assure you that no president makes decisions like this one without deep thought and prayer. So that's Bill Clinton uh, back in the 90s. Uh, and then let, let's also remember Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, uh, and what he was saying at the time. Look, I'm going to read you a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Think for a moment, transpose this into kind of a Mike Pence world today. This is what Abraham Lincoln said about the Civil War. 
I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. Look, that's exactly what was going on with Mike Pence uh, as it relates to the coronavirus and Christians all across this country. When we don't know where to turn, uh, the last place we want to turn is to ourselves. We want to turn to God, and that's what Abraham Lincoln was saying. Um, look, go to the Cuban Missile Crisis, JFK. Roman Catholic, he paused for prayer at St. Matthew's Cathedral. That's also uh, in the article. Then, of course, Jimmy Carter, we know all about him. Of course, he's going to pray. I mean, he's the Southern Baptist. He's been teaching Sunday school since he came out of the womb, it seems like. Uh, and he actually prayed for wisdom to break an impasse between Anwar Sadat, who, of course, was Muslim, and Menachem Begin, who was Jewish, and that led to the Camp David agreements. And then, of course, Gerald Ford. Remember, Nixon is resigning. Uh, this is 1974, and so Gerald Ford actually takes his son into a private room, and they begin reading from, begin reading, excuse me, from uh, the book of uh, Proverbs. And actually, specifically, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So, look, can I put this in all caps and bold? Give me a break uh, when it comes to administrations and presidents and vice presidents uh, praying uh, for our nation, praying for direction. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'd rather pray for direction uh, that God wants to give me rather than what uh, someone on Twitter would like to give me. Because trust me, if you check out Twitter, uh, they'll give you a lot of different things. And uh, pretty much it's not prayer. All right. Back in a moment uh, with Steve Bannon, the coronavirus the P4 lab, he's talking about where this virus came from. He wants answers. He doesn't trust the Chinese. Back in a moment. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And welcome back to the Pod's Honest Truth. All right, time now for our conversation with Steve Bannon. I did this interview um, at Bright at the Breitbart Embassy uh, down in Washington, D.C. It was a hour or so conversation. Uh, fascinating. We ran part one uh, on another podcast. This time, though, the coronavirus and Steve Bannon. Now, of course, where did the virus come from? The Chinese, uh, the Chinese authorities obviously say the outbreak began in this market in Wuhan. They call it a wet market where wild animals were sold. Uh, but of course, there's no, been no official declaration that this site was the origin of the epidemic. Now, some early research does suggest that the virus 
does closely resemble a known coronavirus that apparently comes, or at least is harbored in horseshoe rats, uh, rats, bats, did I say? Well, if it rhymes, I go with it, uh, bats. But what's not clear, though, is that how it moved out of the bat, the virus itself, uh, clearly into some uh, intermediate, intermediate source and then finally into a man. So... Here's where it gets interesting. The city of Wuhan is uh, also home to a biochemical plant, uh, P4 Laboratory specifically. Now, when it comes to these biosafety labs, P4 is really considered the highest containment level. By the way, the P stands for pathogen or protection. So here's where Steve Bannon comes in. He doesn't trust the Chinese at all. He wants answers. And basically, he's wondering, could the coronavirus actually have come from the lab in Wuhan? I mean, was it genetically engineered? He's not necessarily saying that. But there are a lot of unanswered questions, according to Bannon. But also, uh, U.S. Senator Tom Cotton wants answers, too. He wants the Chinese to allow international inspectors into the lab. And also, there's a member of the British Parliament, Tobias Elwood. He's also chairman of the Defense Select Committee over there, uh, across the pond, as we say. And he also said that we cannot, quote, be 100% sure that the coronavirus didn't leak from a Chinese bioresearch lab. So that's where all of this is taking place, or, or all of this is out in the atmosphere. Again, though, scientists say the virus has similarities to these known coronaviruses in animals, particularly bats. So they rule out the idea that it was created in a lab. So the question then becomes, is it another conspiracy, fringe theory? And that's where we pick up my conversation with Steve Bannon. Clarify or, or comment or f let me know what you mean exactly, because there's been some people have picked up this whole thing about Wuhan and the bio warfare lab and that this, there's an idea that it may be the coronavirus genetically engineered virus uh, coming out of a lab there. Is that, is that what, if not, you're saying, I know Washington Times. Okay, you, said, you said something about the, uh, and we're the first guy to have Bill Gertz, Gertz yeah, on here. Exactly. So, so let's, let's, you're taking some hits on that. Yeah, big time. So let's, let's talk about that yeah. for a second. Is that, um, I am not a conspiracy theory guy. I do right. not believe in the deep state. And here's why it's in your face. It's not deep. It's right there in your face. And you saw that in the, you saw that in the impeachment. Mm -hmm. Right. You saw the Washington consensus right there testifying against President So it's in your grill. Mm -hmm. OK. But I, I don't believe in conspiracies, but I also don't believe in coincidence. There are no coincidences. Mm -hmm. OK. There are no coincidences. And let's go back to this lab and what happened um, after the SARS virus of 2003. Mm -hmm. The Chinese came to the world and said, hey, look, we need a lab at the level of the French and the British and particularly the Americans. These are called P4 labs, pathogen four. The most deadly viruses on earth are tested and researched in these labs. Mm -hmm. There are very few of them. And the ones that are at like Cambridge University up here at Fort Detrick, uh, a couple of places in France and Germany mm -hmm. in the United Kingdom, the elite of the elite in the most uh, sophisticated thing of the, uh, studying viruses, virologists. Uh, and people have to remember, uh, in, 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 in chemical, biological, nuclear weapons, and I was a naval officer, chemical weapons, mm -hmm. uh, nuclear weapons as bad as they are, mm -hmm. you know, are to some degree containable, right? After some, chemical weapons as bad as they are, mm -hmm. are to some degree containable. Always consider it the most deadly weapons, the ones that could be the, the serious, is when you actually start to get into God's plan of DNA and, and the real spring of life, mm -hmm. the hardcore molecular structure of life itself. Because how sometimes, hey, if you do that, how do you not? How does it not get out of control? Mm -hmm. So we've had these conventions. We had a convention, I think, signed in the 1970s, particularly about biological warfare. 
that the nations of the earth would get out of the, the testing and study of these weapons because if it inadvertently got out, mm -hmm. you know, it could be catastrophic. So the Chinese signed that accord. They signed that accord, I believe, in 1985. Mm -hmm. Now, after the SARS virus happened, they came and said, look, we need the same level lab so we can start working on viruses, you know, here. And one of the reasons is of the three great uh, plagues throughout the world, right, at least in, in, in modern times, not biblical, biblical times, but mm -hmm. you had the one in 400 mm -hmm. uh, that destroyed the western, uh, the eastern part of the Roman Empire, mm -hmm. called the Justinian Plague, right? You had the bubonic plague that, that destroyed the Middle Ages, right? Both of those, by the way, the Justinian came up from, they think, Somalia, right, on fleas, on rats. Uh, the bubonic plague came from Central Asia, you know, mm -hmm. from China to Venice and to Italy. And then you had the pandemic of 1918, what we call the Spanish flu, which was actually came from Haskell, Kansas, we think mm. is the best thing. So in 1990, you see all of a sudden you've had these three great viruses, but you start to see the beginning of all these new viruses that were happening. And it's been a real concentration of Hong Kong flu and H1V right. and swine flu. And it all started around 1990. And, and what the scientists say is that's because globalization started. What you started to see was countries like India, particularly China, all of a sudden go to have these mega cities like Wuhan, which were all peasants or people lived in rural populations. Mm -hmm. It all came together because that's where the factories were. Mm -hmm. So the globalization project led to urban density. Mm -hmm. And density when you had live animals and people still had the habits of eating live animals. So these, these flus have all sprung from there. China said, we need a P4 lab. And it was a hotly debated among the world's elite in this area. Mm -hmm. And it was particularly hotly debated in France, where France is going to be the group and they're at the top of the game to actually build this facility. Mm -hmm. So this facility was built. Now, remember, you have to understand the scale of China. China is, I think, 30 or 40 percent bigger physically than the United States. Mm -hmm. But it's got a 1.4 billion population. We have a 300 million population, mm -hmm. 325. Think about it this way. 80% of the Chinese population essentially lives east of the Mississippi River. Mm. Okay, so we would have about 280 million people. They have about 1.2 billion. So think think five times more people living in the United States east of the Mississippi River, and you mm. get the idea of density of population. Okay. In that entire space, if you go back to the space in the United States, ex-Alaska, that the P4 lab happened to be built in Wuhan. Mm. Okay, now one of the reasons was that's where the PLA's medical facilities are, but, and this is my point. They say it started a wet market, and we know we now know that that's a lie. They admit that that's misinformation. This did not start in that wet market in Wuhan. Patient zero came before, and the discussion is, did it become on December 1st, which they think, or maybe even earlier to November, which some current things are thinking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to what Tom Cotton says. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I got a D in, in prep school biology, right? So I'm not the guy to do this. However, you know, you have a number of scientists in Lancet Magazine saying, hey, the structure we've seen that, remember, you're getting this provided a lot of it from the Chinese Communist Party, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of the structure we've seen looks like it's natural. But you do have people like Tom Cotton saying, hey, it's incumbent upon the Chinese Communist Party to open up the P4 lab in Wuhan to international inspectors. The CDC, the French, the British, the mm -hmm. World Health have to get there and actually see and see what happened. It's incumbent upon them to do it. And, and, that, and until that time, there is because nobody's saying it's impossible. They're saying it's highly improbable mm -hmm. as it looks today. For your audience, let me just say one thing. Yeah. When you go and pray tonight, pray that it did not come out of either a vaccine they were working on that got or a weapon they worked on the Wuhan lab. Because 
as hard as it is to make a vaccine for the natural mutation. Because mm-hmm. right now we're saying President Trump has is, is put forward this $2.5 billion plan. Chuck Schumer's come out and said $8 billion emergency measures. Mm-hmm. Part of that is over a billion dollars in each plan for a Manhattan project for this vaccine. It is, you know, people are saying six months to a year, maybe longer away, but how it's got to be tested. That it is, the experts I've talked to say, hey, if it's a natural mutation, as tough as that's going to be, it'll be much quicker than if it's some sort of, you know, some sort of man-made uh, weapon or some sort of man-made thing. So here's for the audience is that, yeah. is that absolutely until the West gets in there, I think Tom Cotton's right. I think Bill Gertz is right. And I'm not going to back off this until we get in there and actually see with people that don't report to the Chinese Communist Party, mm-hmm. right, and actually get a firm grip on what happened in that lab. To me, it still ought to be questioned. Now, it's not that what it absolutely What should be questioned exactly? What should be inten- intent or, or Well, what? no, they could because, listen, and not just intent. It, they mm-hmm. they could have been working on some sort of vaccine for a SARS-type virus in that vaccine and having some sort of man-made elements. That could have inadvertently escaped. Just don't know. You don't know. We don't know. Look, there's all, there's rumors going around now, even in China, which mm-hmm. are saying that, uh, which are saying, hey, what a lot of these guys do at that lab is they sell the they sell the specimens out the back door because they want to get the cash and it could have been on that. We have no idea, but we have to see. What we do know is that the Chinese state media and the State Department. This is not Steve Bannon saying this. Mm-hmm. The State Department just designated the other day mm-hmm. that five organs of the Chinese Communist Party that have been treated as media here by the American government and the American people for forty and fifty years have been designated the State Department mm-hmm. as owned propaganda arms of state media mm-hmm. and they now have to r- report as foreign missions and that's the global times it's cctv it's the people's daily mm-hmm. it's and these are these are propaganda arms the one and look i am one of the few civilians has ever been attacked in the global times relentlessly right because look i'm very proud of the fact that i'm anti-chinese communist party and i think they ought to be taken down mm-hmm. now uh, the, it's the global times the other day mm-hmm. that says reporting that even there's some questioning even in china about the origin of this, of the origin of this, of, of this thing. But let's go back. Let's yeah. assume that it's natural. Mm-hmm. What we know, and these are facts, is that you know at one time they said it came out of the Wuhan wet market, and what that means is they eat uh, live animals, mm-hmm. and that's one way of transmission. Uh, not live animals, wild animals. Wild animals. They're wild animals, not domesticated. We now know, and the Chinese say this, that patient zero probably started on December first, and it may have even started in November. There was no real movement, we know, by the Chinese government to actually do the quarantine thing because there's only two ways to stop this. You have a vaccine. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a vaccine, it's called social separation. Basically, the guy go to lockdown, you have to go to quarantine. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the only two ways you can stop it from blowing, you know, from yeah. because the infection rates here appear to be quite high. Dr. Gabriel Lung, who stopped the SARS virus in 2003 from Hong Kong University, he estimates this thing that doubles every 6.2 days mm. in the in the in the amount of population that have it, which is if you do the math, pretty scary because you get to May, you get to over a billion people. He actually gave an interview with the Guardian newspaper two weeks ago. They says, "Hey, I think 60 to 80 percent of humanity may have this." Now, remember, to most people, it's just going to be like a common cold, mm-hmm. right? To some subset of people, it's going to be catastrophic, mm-hmm. and then to some two percent. Right or more, it's going to be deadly, mm. and so that's what the that's what the issue is here. Now, let's go back in time. Assuming it did not come out of the lab, assuming it was not a weapon, assuming it was not a vaccine that went wrong, assuming it's absolutely natural. Right. The question gets to be: What did the Chinese Communist Party do for essentially two months or three months? And let's be very specific. Mm. One of the great martyrs in this, and if somebody's going to take on world historical performance, is a little guy named Dr. Lee. He was a Chinese 
a medical guy that went to school with about eight guys who were practicing in the Wuhan area. They go to medical school. He was an ophthalmologist. On a WeChat, on a WeChat thing, they started talking about as 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 professionals. There's a SARS type thing that's checking into our hospitals, mm-hmm. and somehow we've got to get that word out because this looks like it could start to spread. We could have another SARS problem. Mm-hmm. The Chinese authority, who who have people in their spies all the time, these WeChat things, mm-hmm. turned them in. They had to go before local magistrate, and they told them, if you don't sign these documents that said what you're, you're a rumor monger and what you said is a lie, mm-hmm. you're going to prison. Dr. Lee signed the thing and said, you know, I'm a rumor monger, etc. Then Dr. Lee went back. Dr. Lee then volunteered to go back to the Wuhan hospital, mm-hmm. and as he, he died two weeks later from the virus. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Lee gave a, a moving event. He realized when I went back, I was probably going to die, but he gave a, he gave a statement that's very powerful about the, how, this, how this virus moves. He said to the New York Times, I made a mistake. He says, I treated an elderly woman, came in 82 years old. She had a cataract problem. He said she was asymptomatic. And one of the, one of the devilish things about this is mm. the, this is probably the most communicable when you're asymptomatic. Mm. And you think you may be asymptomatic for, they think, from anywhere from 10 to 14 days. That means you have no symptoms, but you're spreading this thing nonstop. Mm. She spread, he says, I got sloppy. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a hazmat suit on. I worked on her. I got it. He was dead two weeks later. Mm. Okay. And right before he died, the Chinese Supreme Court exonerated all of them. They said, you guys were actually heroes. And the Chinese Supreme Court is not in the business of exonerating people that they say are rumor mongers Mm -hmm. because they realized he was going to become a popular hero having given his life to his countrymen to go back and work on it. So what's happening in central China and the reason our show has been kind of China centric, we've never seen anything like this in the scale of humanity. Right now, as as you listen to your podcast, Mm -hmm. 10% of the world's humanity is under quarantine or some sort of version of quarantine. Ubei province, the center where this came out of, yeah. where the city of Wuhan is, is the size of France and has 80 million people. It's the biggest France, and that is under a total quarantine. Yeah. Okay, Wuhan is 40% bigger than New York City mm. as far as people go. They're going door to door. Now, you can imagine New York City going door to door. From New York. To, yeah. to, to, door to door to effectuate. And, and hey, they're giving you two options. Mm-hmm. If they take your temperature and they deem you've got the virus, you go to a quarantine center, not to a hospital. That's all these, you know, makeshift quarantine centers. Mm-hmm. And you leave vis-a-vis the, the, the ambulance in the back to go be cremated, right? Because you basically go, that's essentially a death camp. Mm-hmm. And that's why people, if you fight it, they say, fine. They say, patriots go to the quarantine center. But if you fight it and they think you got the virus, that's where you see these videos coming out where they nail the door. They basically nail your, your thing shut. So as long as you can live on tap water... You've got a thing, but so, and that's why you see people jumping out of buildings, etc. So what's going on in China itself? It's biblical, right? It's at a scale we've never seen before, and mm-hmm. as deadly as we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's now start to affect the American economy. And you see the world in Italy; they've got it yeah. in Iran; they've got it. Iran, the 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 head of the medical facility, and this is all over the internet now. You know, gave a talk the other night. He's sweating. He's coughing. After the show, they test him. He's got it. He's now in an ICU unit. Right in Italy, yeah. it has spread like wildfire. They've delayed all the soccer matches. They've put down uh, the whole Lombardy province, where fifty-two. The northern Italy is where the industry is in Italy. Fifty-two percent of the of the Italian economy is in some sort of quarantine. Mm. Fashion Week, which is the biggest week they have in all of Italy and Milan, shut down. Venice Carnival, which leads up to Ash Wednesday, is this historic thing that's you know kind of the real version that Brazil eventually copied. It's been mm. going on for I don't know a thousand years. Cancer for the first time ever, yeah, this right? Is so, so, so it's a scale that these local officials are trying to do. I did a show the other day with the woman reporter 
from Mediaset in Italy. At the time, she was reporting five people, and she gave this amazing report, five people were dead. Two hours later, 11 people were dead. Wow. Right? So my point is this thing is metastasis. We don't have perfect information. That's why people, first off, pray for the yeah. all the people of China. People have it, particularly the Christians in China that have been persecuted so much. Remember, you have so many brothers and sisters, over 100 million Christians in China. Steve Bannon here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Now, look, uh, I... I if you listen to the Washington Post, the New York Times, uh, many others in the media, they're going to laugh at this. They're going to say Steve Bannon's off his rocker. Well, guess what? The New York Times and the Washington Post, this just in, does not have a corner on the truth. You know, here is the situation. You can research it yourself. You can get all of the information yourself that's out there, and then you come to a final conclusion yourself. You don't have to believe Steve Banning. You don't have to believe the New York Times. You don't have to believe me. Well, actually, you do have to believe me. No, you don't. But the point is, is that you can figure it out for yourself. And that's what we are all about here at The Pod's Honest Truth. And that's what justthenews.com is about. Justthenews.com. That's right. That's where you can find this podcast. You can download, subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. John Solomon Reports is also there. Cheryl Atkinson as well. Look, we are not going to spoon feed you a, a certain narrative, okay? We're going to put it out there. Uh, we're going to say this is the situation in terms of what they say, what he says, what she says. You can put it all together. You can figure it out. But we're going to lay it out there, and we're going we're gonna to give you the information, and then you're smart enough to figure it out yourself. So I uh, hope you join me next time on the Pod's Honest Truth. We got a lot more uh, on every episode, really, if you think about it. It's just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, a potpourri. That's the word I'm going to use. It smells like a potpourri in here, and it is a potpourri of news, just the news, here on the Pod's Honest Truth. Mm-hmm.